Welcome to Razorback Therapy, a college game time production. Jones, looking, step, throw to the end zone. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the first official episode of Razorback Therapy, the podcast for the everyday hog fan. Your host, Trey Smith, Tobias Pugsley. Uh, Thank you for listening. And Toby, right out of the gate, dude, right out of the gate, we've got some breaking news, don't we? Right out of the gate. Got some breaking news. Four-star point guard, Layden Blocker, soon to be bumped to a five-star is what most recruiting services are projecting that he will end up being a five-star before it's said and done just committed to the hogs muscleman does it again and here's what's crazy toby like i'm not even like overly excited like i used to get and it's not because i'm not happy for the hogs or happy to have a new high four-star recruit for the 2023 class soon to be five-star recruit uh actually from little rock I think he's finishing out his high school career at a private school out in Kansas right now. But Muss has created this expectation in me now as a fan. Like, oh, yeah, of course. He's from Little Rock. He's a five-star. Yeah, he's where else would he go? Or he's a four-star now, soon to be five-star. Where else would he go? He's going to come to the Hogs. I mean, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but all I know is that it's you, I can't think of a better time to be a Razorback basketball fan right now and if you haven't already bought the stock i'm telling you with the group that just came in that's currently on campus he he, this could be the year dude i know that's what everyone's saying but this could be the year you better get on the bandwagon now because it's filling up fast man i'm telling you eric musselman has changed the culture at arkansas i mean you you nailed it brother it's the expectation now that we get five stars. I remember mm-hmm. a day where we were high-fiving and hugging if we got a five-star. And <laughs> yeah. just so the, the body of work that Muscleman's put together and the players that are coming out of Arkansas now, man, just hats off to him. And, and man, I tell you what, being back in that stadium, I got a chance to go to the Kentucky game, not last year, but the year before. Ooh, it yeah. was deafening, Trey. Yes. Like literally you had to put your hands over your ears because mm. it was so loud when they ejected Calipari. Yeah. And man, that's what Arkansas <laughs> Razorback basketball is all about. Well, what's crazy is is that not only is he bringing in this level of talent, but it's translating to wins, okay? Back-to-back Elite 8s. Like it's translating to performance on the court and then it's translating to these guys getting developed and drafted. I think we just had our third straight year with a Razorback drafted in the NBA draft, which we're going to talk about him later in this episode. Uh, That's none other than Jalen Williams. Last year had Moses Moody as a lottery pick. So whenever you can start to build a program where you're bringing in the top-tier talent, you're winning with that top-tier talent on the court, and then you're putting that talent in the draft, like that's, that's... the makings of a, 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 a 
potential dynasty type program or what we like to call the Blue Bloods. And that's, must have said it. He, he's called Arkansas a sleeping giant. Well, we're, we're awake now. Arkansas basketball is fully awake, and I, I, don't, I don't expect it to be long before we end up cutting down the nets after the last game played at the end of March, early April. So, Yeah, man, because I'm telling you, like you said, we're awakening. Like, we've just yawned. Like, we ain't even got out of bed yet. Like, we're just now, like, getting up. And I'm telling you, man, Musselman, he has the recipe for success there. And if you look at him, he really capitalizes on every opportunity to be visible. I mean, he was at Omaha to watch the Hogs play in the World Series. If it, right. on the football, he's on the football jumbotron because he's at home games. He goes and supports the team because he knows the impact that's going to have in recruiting, and he's a social media genius. Mm. Speaking of Omaha, speaking of Omaha, can we? Is it too soon? Can we talk about that? Man, it still hurts. I'm still, I'm still. So, if you've been living under a rock for the last couple of days, you may not know this, but. Arkansas got bounced from the College World Series in the elimination game against Ole Miss. Dude, that pitcher, I mean, he he shut us down. I mean, you you literally, as much as it pains me to say this, you just have to tip your hat. Like, you you got beat. He, you know, Connor Nolan, who pitched for us, did exactly what he was supposed to do. What did he go? Seven innings and gave up two runs? I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. But our offense just couldn't get it together, and we got shut out 2-0. Um, what are your thoughts, man, about these Omahawks? I mean, heck of a season. Heck of a season. Well, first and foremost, I personally, you know, given kind of how the end of the season went, I didn't even really expect him to be there. Mm. And, you know, then what happened in the SEC tournament, and, you know, I was like, man, you know, I just I just don't know. We, made, we make it, and, I mean, we – like you said, I mean, I don't know what else we could have done in that game because, you know, we pitched great. We just, you know, hit the balls. And I mean, it, it, it just hurts, man. It just hurts. So kind of some backlash I've seen on that. And, and you were seeing this or I was seeing this while we were in Omaha, particularly after we lost that game, that first game to Ole Miss. A lot of people start wanting to question Dave Van Horn. And then and then you have like this pocket of our fan base who is on this just, I don't know, bandwagon of, well, Dave Van Horn can't get it done. He can't get it done. He can get us to Omaha, but he can't get it done. And it, it it's weird because it kind of goes back to the same thing I was just saying with Muss and recruiting where Dave Van Horn's been so successful. Yes, he has not won it all yet. But he's been so successful that it's created this expectation in us as fans where we're now disappointed if we don't win at all. And so I have a question for you, Toby, because I know you're you're very much Team Dave Van Horn, correct? Oh, yeah, big time, yeah. And, and I am too. And so my question that I, I want to just kind of throw out there, and if you're watching on YouTube right now, go ahead and, and comment down in the comments what, what your answer to this is. But it's a would you rather, Right. Would you rather be a team that has been to Omaha five times in the last decade, meaning that you've advanced to the College World Series five times in the last decade, and in one of those times got to the finals, with no signs of slowing down, you've got a program that year in and year out, you're always going to have a team that has the potential and is a threat to not just get to Omaha, but make some noise when they're there, or would you rather be a team like a Coastal Carolina 
who won it all in 2016. Coastal Carolina won the College World Series in 2016, but that's a program that has not been back to Omaha since, and they never made it to Omaha before. So their one trip was in 2016. They won it all. They were a one-hit wonder, but hey, they won, they won the championship. They won it all. They got, a, they got a national title under their belt. So my question is, and I know that's kind of the, the tale of two extremes, but I'm also trying to paint a picture of how good we have it with Dave Van Horn. Like, what side of that would you rather be on? And that's, that, that could be applied to anything, really, any sport. Like, would you rather be that team that is in the hunt competing every year and just hasn't quite gotten over it yet? And so now we're going to throw in the towel on a coach who gets us there every year? Or would you rather be that team that's a one-hit wonder? You can still say you've got the national title. You can wear the shirt. You can hang the banner. But you haven't been back before or since. I'm definitely going to go with the – you know, making it five times and because I think you're, you're building a dynasty or, you know, at least a, a tradition of excellence there, mm. you know, cause it ain't easy to make it to Omaha. You Absolutely. Know, there's a lot of teams trying to get there. And, um, and so for me, it's making it, um, and because in my mind, if you make it five years, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time before the skies align and, and you finally get that ring and I think, I think that's what's so frustrating for us as Razorback fans is we, more than anybody, know that Dave Van Horn is overdue. Mm. He is overdue to win a championship. We just mm. – seems like every time something goes wrong and, you know, at the very end it just doesn't, doesn't work out for us. So, um, man, I'm not losing my faith or my trust in Van Horn. Um, I think he restacks and next year, man, we make another run at it. For the people in our fan base who are losing faith in whether or not he can get it done, do you think that wound is open or that that passion or that belief is fueled by how close we were in 2018? Where, I mean, I don't want to bring it up. <laughs> Don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. But do you think how that series played out um, could be what's fueling some of this mindset in our fan base of, you know, questioning whether or not Dave Van Horn can can win it all or if he's just a guy that's going to get us to Omaha every year? Yeah, I mean, because if that doesn't happen, I mean, there is no question because he would have got it. I mean, it was just – and that's – for those guys to work so hard and put all that in, and, and you know, that's what I like about Van Horns because he's very much like a you know basics guy. Like he tries to do it the right way, mm. and um, and so uh, it, it's frustrating for me because it's like the all the odds are against him. Um, everything that's going to go wrong will go wrong, and um, but it's just a matter of time. I mean, I think you also got to look at what 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 happens to players after their career at Arkansas. Well, mm. Trey, I can't remember a time in recent history where there's been more MLB players playing that were former Razorbacks. Mm. And um, so you got to look at that too, man, because, you know, at the end of the day, it really is about, you know, kids and, you know, getting them to the next level and helping them progress. I mean, yes, you want the championship. The championship is important, but at the end of the day, I think it's about the kids. Well, I think if you look at just last season, in fact, uh, last fall when I was writing – for uh, allhogs.com, the uh, SI affiliate, Fan Nation affiliate for the Razorbacks, I remember writing about uh, 
uh, Stanek, the relief pitcher for Houston, came in, pitched um, some, some critical innings in the World Series, former hog. And then, if I recall, I think we had two former hogs win gold gloves last year with uh, Benintendi and, and Keuchel. Both of them, I think, won gold gloves last year and two former hogs. So, to your point, not only are they playing in the league, but they're you know, performing really well and in, in, in having good careers. So uh, I'm with you. I think it's only a matter of time um, before before we finally just get over that hump. It, it does – I hate it because it really felt like this year coming off of such a, such a bad finish to the season and in the tournament and then kind of felt like we were starting to peak – from the regionals to the super regionals and then coming into Omaha thought, Hey, maybe we're going to be that team that we just caught fire at the right time and go in and get it done. And essentially that's, that's what Ole Miss is doing right now. As much as I hate to say that they came in as basically the 64 team and now they're three went two wins away from winning it all. So anyways, it is what it is. Uh, Omaha's will be back next year. I believe it. And I think it's only a matter of time before Dave Van Horn gets it done. Okay. Let's transition, Toby. I mean, that's, we, we, we hit some basketball, we hit some baseball, but that is not the heartbeat of the Razorback therapy. What is the heartbeat of Razorback therapy? Tell us. Our first love, man. It's football. It's the Arkansas Razorback pigskin football, baby. And I'm going to tell you right now. Love the Hogs. They're my heart and soul. But I'm also just a college football purist. Like, I just love college football. Something about it. Um, And there was some big news that dropped, oh, two days ago that is still being talked about as it pertains to college football. The number one recruit, the number one overall recruit for the 2023 class Made his decision, Toby. He made his decision. Whoop de do. <laughs> Sorry, man. This just does not do anything for me. Let me tell you what this is like for me. And I, and you all have these people in your town that have the last name that everybody knows. Mm. You know that, that you know they kind of hang their hat in. Now they may not be worth worth <laughs> two worth cents. The darn. Mm-hmm. Worth the darn. But because they got that last name and a little hype behind them, um, you know. It becomes everybody's talking about it. That's that's all everybody wants to talk about is where Archie Man's Arch Manning's going. And I was about to say the, the 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 nephew of the legendary quarterback Peyton Manning and the other quarterback Eli Manning, grandson of Archie Manning. Arch Manning made his decision. He's committed to the Texas Longhorns. Here's my take on this, Toby. And I put this up on my Twitter. If you care to connect with me on there, you can follow me at I'm Trey Smith. Uh, love to interact on social media, but I said this, I said, Arch to Texas is the equivalent to MJ in 45, talking about Michael Jordan wearing number 45. This would have hit different had he gone to Georgia, Bama, Ole Miss, or even Clemson. I'm not sure that any Texas fans would be listening right now, but if you're just a pure college football fan, in addition to being a Razorback, you know that's true. And what I mean by that is if we want to let Arch be the MJ of this class, because he is, he's the number one overall recruit. He's considered the best. Now, 
Whether that's because of his last name, whether that's because of his talent, I don't even know. I don't know much about the kid, so I can't really speak to how good or bad he is as a quarterback or will be at the collegiate level. All I know about him is that his last name's Manning, and his both his uncles and his, his granddad were really good quarterbacks, great quarterbacks, and I know that he had a really good throw at a camp like last fall that went viral on social media. Other than that, I don't know much about him. But he is rated number one. So if he's rated number one, I'm going to give him the MJ. And the Longhorns, they're number 45 to me. And what I mean by that, if you don't really know what the whole 45 with MJ, that was the whole thing when the Magic bounced Chicago from the playoffs when he returned from playing, when MJ returned from playing baseball. Nick Anderson said, yeah, 45 just ain't the same as 23. And then obviously Jordan went back to 23 and then they go on to win three more titles. It kind of fueled that whole next three-peat run. And I just, here's the thing. There's this delusional overreaction right now from the media and from the Longhorn fan base with him making this decision. I don't blame the fan base because if the number one recruit in the country committed to Arkansas, I'd probably act the same way just because I, I would. I know myself. And I don't know that we've ever had that. And if we have, it's been a very long time. But the one, what's bothering me are all these media people that I believe are only hyping this up because they're benefited by Texas being good. What do I mean by that? It is good for college football when a team like Texas is good, right? Because they, they I don't know why they still get considered a blue blood program, but they are. Um, and when they're good, it's good for college football. Like I can, I can objectively say that even as a Razorback fan. So these media people who benefit from that, because obviously when a team like Texas is good, it's kind of like when a team like USC is good, right? There's more engagement, there's more views, there's more clicks, there's more just overall interest. And when there's more clicks, more views, more overall interest, there's more money. And so I believe that a lot of these takes that I'm seeing, Texas is back, Arch coming to Texas is going to reshift the landscape. I mean, just some crazy things. I saw one guy who, who was saying, oh, Texas, Ohio State is a CFP matchup we're going to see in a couple years. Here's my problem with all of these takes. Texas has not had a problem bringing in top tier talent. Like, they've been bringing in top 10 classes for the last decade. It wasn't but a few years ago they brought in back-to-back top three classes. Just a few years ago, back-to-back, I think they had the number two class in back-to-back years. And that cohort, of the, uh, that combination of classes, which should have been their year to shine this past season, they had one of the worst seasons in school history. One of the worst losing streaks in school history. Oh, oh. And there's always an excuse. Oh, 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 it's Stark's first year. Oh, 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 he just got to get his guys. Oh, 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 yeah, he's got Arch Manning. They're going to... Dude, are you kidding me? Like, <clears throat> Texas's issue has, been, has not been recruiting. Their problems go far beyond that. They've always brought in top-tier talent. They don't develop it. They don't, they don't translate to wins on the field. And they don't put guys in the NFL draft. And I think my, I, I have an opinion on that that I won't get into right now. But it, it has to do with everything that's surrounding that program and some of the outside voices surrounding that program. But, I mean, look at them this past year. Oh, after they beat, you know, was it Louisiana or whoever it was in their first game and Texas fans were like, oh, yeah, Sark's already doing 
They take one trip to Fayetteville. We send them back to Austin. There's a quarterback controversy. Half the fan base is already calling for Sark's job. And then they had guys quitting left and right. (laughs) And then they went on to have one of the worst seasons in school history. So I'll believe it when I see it, if Arch Manning is really going to come in and, and change this program. But, dude. They're 45, as far as I'm concerned. Texas is 45. Had he gone to Georgia, I'd be a little worried about that. I'd be a little worried about that. You put him in that program, had he gone to Bama, had he even gone to Ole Miss or Clemson, I would be more worried than looking at him at Texas. And here's the deal, Toby. Texas is a future opponent. Like, could be a future yearly opponent of the Razorbacks when they come to the SEC. I know it's set for 2025, but if you look at what the Big 12's been doing, I think it could be before then. And Pittman's already said it. What'd he say? He said, I'd like to play him every year. Uh, I, I wish we would, man. You know my, my hatred for Texas run deeps, but I think you nailed it there. If you're bringing in top-tier talent and you're not developing them and making them better and it's not, it's not showing up on the field, then, then what's the point? Why, why are they getting so excited? I mean, I think it goes back to if you look at back when Texas, what I would be considered decent, you know, back in the Mac Brown days, it was that mm-hmm. – Texas hard work mentality because mm. that's what worked for them. And now I, I personally, if I see what's coming out of Austin, it's the pretty boy mentality. Mm. And Arch Manning is the biggest pretty boy in all the college football, in my opinion, the biggest pretty boy recruit. <laughs> and what really ticks me off, Trey, is this ain't Eli's son. This ain't Peyton Manning's son. This is the other guy's son. (laughs) Texas still sucks. No matter what. So you got me fired up, dude. Well, you got me fired up. But there's substance to what you're saying because they do. They do suck until they prove they don't. And who they bring in as a quarterback, in my opinion, doesn't change that. They just brought in the number one overall recruit from last year's class from the transfer portal, Quinn Ewers. He's supposed to be their quarterback this year. And I've seen I've seen some takes that say, oh, y'all just, you know, everyone doesn't understand the plan. The plan is for Quinn to be start this year and next year so Arch can redshirt and then he'll take over as a redshirt freshman when Quinn goes to the NFL. Let me just give a little bit of background on Quinn Ewers real quick. He... Chose to forego his senior year of high school football. So he did not play his senior year. He went straight to Ohio State because of he had some pretty uh, lucrative NIL packages available. He set the bench the entire year behind C.J. Stroud, who went on to become a Heisman finalist. Now he's transferred to Texas. But if you go back to Ewers' junior year of high school, he got injured. So he only played a few games. So we're talking about a quarterback who hasn't played a meaningful snap of actual competitive football in almost two years. And I'm just supposed to expect because his rating was so high that he's going to come in and play two seasons and go off to the NFL and then set the table for for the golden child of college football to come in and, and take over? Like, are we, I mean, I, 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 I get it to an extent. I understand that certain media are going to hype this up because it'll benefit them by making it seem like Texas is elite again, right? Because that, that helps drive interest and engagement. But if we just want to talk like reality, it's exactly what you just said. Texas sucks until they prove they don't. Well, we're pretty fired up now, Toby. I think this is probably a good time to, 
to, to transition to this next segment. Why don't you take us into it? Absolutely. Get them shades on, man. So this is halftime, and this is a segment we like to call Why We Drink. <laughs> Busting it open. Welcome to our first rendition of Why We Drink, inspired by Arkansas's very own Justin Moore and his hit song, Why We Drink. During this segment, we're going to share what is the most Arkansas thing that drives us to drinking. And we encourage you to share what drives you to drink down in the comments. But before we do that, Trey, I want to give, I'd like to salute our drink of the week coming from Raps Baron Brewing Company. Mm. Uh, yeah, my favorite brewery in the state of Arkansas, man. And if you're ever in Mountain Home, Arkansas, you have to swing by and see this place. It's unbelievable. Kyle, the brewmaster, makes one of the most delicious beers in the state. My personal favorite here, the Boston Mountains New England IPA. Man, it's delicious. And uh, also, the food there is great. And uh, they're located right in the heart of Arkansas's first entertainment district. So check them out. Russell Tucker and his staff will take great care of you over there. They're located at 601 Baker Street in Mountain Home, Arkansas. Uh, that's Raps Bear and Brewing Company. So, Trey, with that, what's your why we drink of this week? Man, to be honest with you, Big T, I'm going to say off-season. Like right now, I'm going to say off-season. Let me, let me, can I expound on that a little bit? Expand, please. So we will not have any Razorback sports for, I think, 71 days. It, it's a little over 70 days. Because that's when we'll play, we'll kick off the season against Cincinnati. And that right there is alone to drive me to drink. Because here's what will start happening. Not only does it drive me to drink, but it'll drive me to probably around late July, early August. I'll start watching full-length games on YouTube. YouTube has become like the new ESPN classic for me. Because you can actually pull up full-length games of the past and just watch them. And it's crazy because I will. I, I have like a cycle of games that I'll tend to go back through and watch every year around late July, early August. And I'll, you want to know what the first game is that I'll, I'll watch? What? The 2010 Georgia game. The one when Mallet hit Childs for like basically a walk-off touchdown. You remember that game? Oh man, how can you forget that game? Like you kind of felt like we were gonna like, like I, I just like I, I, there were two plays. There were that walk-off, and then what was the one? Oh, the play action where I think he hit DJ Williams over the top for a, for a long, and they, 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 it's like I don't know something about that game. I like to watch, and then I'll watch the. Uh, 2007 Arkansas LSU game when we went to Death Valley, the Bring That Wood game. Bring Everyone that remembers wood. that. That one's on YouTube. And then I just kind of will cycle through. Sometimes just the, the college football purist in me, I might go watch a mid-90s Nebraska game. Uh, I might go watch an 80s Arkansas game. Like just – I'm a Southwest Conference guy at my heart. Um, I, I – I kind of wish we could bring that back. That way we could pound the, you know, all the Texas teams every year. But um, <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what drives me to drink, Toby. I'm going to say offseason. 70-plus days till Arkansas football officially kicks off. Awesome, man. Well, mine – okay, mine – I'm going to get very serious for a minute because mine – I need you to listen. Listen very, very closely because it's a big deal because it's driving, it's driving me to drink way, way more than I should. <laughs> So I want you to listen. You listening? I'm listening. We still do not have a baseball national championship. 
It's killing me, man. He pulled out the megaphone. I got to get loud because it's killing me. And I know we talked about Van Horn and all that, but man, we got to get that done. Hey, we didn't say done. we didn't say Van Horn didn't drive you to drink, though. Ah. I mean, we didn't say that. So <laughs> them running why? in to each other in the outfield is is usually what what does me in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not being able to get a hit, not being able to get some base runners, not being able to move the line, not being able to play a little small ball, man. That's what's driving us to drink. My goodness. Yeah. Don't yeah. I can't get started on that game. I can't do it. <laughs> All right. We hope everybody liked that segment. Uh, why we drink, we'll try to do that each and every week, and we're excited about that. And I just want to remind everybody, though, uh, drinking is some, it's very serious. And if, uh, do, if you do have a drinking problem, uh, please uh, seek help. And also, if you are underage, if you're not under the age of 21, you should not be drinking. Well, and Toby, just also tell them, tell them what inspired that segment, because that is going to be a weekly segment. We will do that every Every episode of Razorback Therapy, tell them kind of what inspired that. That well, you know me, man. I'm an Arkansas homer. Like I, I am Arkansas to the blood, through and through. And uh, I'm a big fan of Justin Moore, who's a big, big Arkansas fan as well, and from Arkansas. And he's out there making us proud. And and he has a song, you know, "Why We Drink." And I think it's an absolute staple for this. Mm. And uh, man, we, you know, Trey, I, I think we need to try to get Justin on the show, man. Oh, I think we absolutely. need to get him on here yeah. and talk hogs with us. So, Justin, yeah. Justin Moore, we are calling you out, brother. Come talk Razorback sports with us. If you know him, you see him. If uh, blow him up on social media, tell him he needs to come talk about the Razorbacks here at Razorback Therapy with Tobias and Trey. Yeah, we we don't we don't even need him to come tell us about his music career and tell his story. I'm sure he's got a hundred thousands of interviews where he's done that. Just come on and talk some hogs with us. That's what we want. Yeah. Talk some hogs with us. Well, speaking of hogs, Tobias, uh, we had we've referenced this at the top of this show as far as uh, having another player taken in the NBA draft for the third year in a row, and that is none other than Jalen Williams. And here's what's crazy, though. The team that drafted him, he wasn't even the first Jalen Williams that got drafted by that team. Isn't that <laughs> at least crazy? they spell it different. They, yeah, at least they spell it different. Are they going to have to put their full names on the back of the jerseys? Uh, before we get into J-Will, NBA draft. And I'm just curious, like, and I, most people don't, but like, do you actually watch the NBA draft? Man, I normally don't, but I'm such a big fan of Jay Will. I actually did this year uh, just because I was really hoping he'd go first round. And um, so I, I did, but man, it's the first time I've watched it and I can't even tell you the last time. Okay. Which that's probably the typical just general you know, hog fan or whoever, where, Hey, if we've got someone that's projected to get taken, I might tune in to see when they get picked. But most, you know, most people don't sit and watch it for me. I watch the NBA draft every year and I have since middle school. And here's, what's crazy. Every single year, it never fails that I get completely lost by late first round, early second round. And here's what I mean. Every time, and you watched it this year, so you got to experience it, but it's you basically you have player A drafted by the Dallas Mavericks, acquired by the Houston Rockets in a proposed trade, rights then traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. And then somehow you wake up the next morning and player A actually signed with Minnesota. It's like, how did all this even happen? <laughs> and so 
Whereas like if you watch the NFL draft, which more people typically watch, it's very clear who's going where. If a trade happens, like if the Eagles trade their pick to the Steelers and the player gets selected, the player gets a Steeler hat, a Steeler jersey, he holds it up, you see it on the ticker, it changes from Eagles to Steelers, and it doesn't, they don't do that in the NBA, and I kind of understand why it has to do with everything is agreed in principle, it doesn't actually go into effect, I think until July 1st, maybe, maybe not, I don't know what the actual date, it has to do though with when all that stuff can officially be like put to paper, but they do the draft before all that. So you still will have a kid get drafted by the, you know, the Warriors. He's been traded twice in the time it takes for him to go from his seat to shake the commissioner's hand. So now he's actually playing for the 76ers, but they still have him take a picture with the Warriors hat and jersey. And it just, anyways, that's my little quick rant on the NBA draft and how they structure things and how confusing it can be. Yeah, but, the big props to Jay Will, maybe. That's what I was saying. Let's get back to Jay Will. He was selected by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Ironically, a team that not only selected another Jalen Williams earlier in the first round, but they also picked Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga, who Jay Will gave the business in the Sweet 16. <laughs> you bet they'll have some good practices. Man, I, I like this pick for Oklahoma, and I'm going to tell you why. If you think about it, Jay Will grew up in Fort Smith which is not too far from the Oklahoma border. About two and and oh, I yeah. really think, I think if you, if you look at the strategic planning of this pick, they're now going to draw more Arkansas fans and people around that area specifically to games mm. because we want to go see Jay will. And man, they got a steal with him at 34. I believe. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Man, if you look at what he brings to the team in energy and just hustle and hard work and determination, if, and I've never seen a player in college basketball take a charge like he does. And mm. if you don't think he's going to transcend that to the NBA, mm. I mean, they better watch out because he is a beast. And uh, and what I also love about him is I don't know if you follow him on TikTok or not, but that dude is hysterical, mm-hmm. and uh, which makes him <laughs> likable. So he's very relatable with people, and and so I think I think they got to steal with him and. You know, he's he's Arkansas, man. He's Arkansas through and through. He loves Arkansas and he will he will always carry that torch for us. And that's what I love about players like him is, you know, and, and they just they bleed Arkansas even when they make it to the next level. So I'm excited, man. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting so hard for him because I think he is going to do big things in the NBA. Absolutely. And I, 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 what do you I think? think I think to your point, as far as. I think it's actually only two and a half hours from Fort Smith to Oklahoma City. Yeah, it's close. And even if Jay Will, just getting back to that marketing take that you had, why it was a wise move for Oklahoma City to, to, to pick him, even if he has to spend some time in the G League this first year as he transitions and acclimates himself to the NBA, which is totally normal. I mean, even Moses Moody, who just got a championship ring, who was a, a, a lottery pick, he spent like a week or so in the G League this past season. So I'm not saying like, oh, right off the bat, he's going to be in the G League. But what I'm saying is, is it, it's not out of the ballpark to, to assume that he might spend some time down there as he acclimates to playing at the next level. And their G League team, which not every NBA team's G League affiliate is like this, is also in Oklahoma City. So you definitely could sell some tickets, you know, where it's a little bit more difficult to sell tickets at that level, 
by getting people out that want to come watch Jay Will play. So I do think that you're definitely onto something with uh, your take there. But as far as what he's going to bring and what what I think he translates to at the NBA level, I have a player comp that I think um, is, is pretty fair, um, but I also have a couple of kind of caveats with it. But what does he bring? You said it. he's a charge taker. He's an energy guy. My kind of nickname for Jay Will throughout the season when I was doing my little quick videos on Razorback basketball was an extra possession machine. He gets your team extra possessions. And when you're a guy that anytime you're on the floor, all you do is like, or let me not all you do, but one of the things you do really well is get your team extra possessions. You make it really hard for the coach to, to, to not give you some run. And a guy who I feel like, not so much now, but when they kind of were earlier in their playing career in the league, who sort of played with that same fire and same type of energy and who produced the same type of extra possessions, was a guy like Tristan Thompson. I don't know if you remember him from uh, when he was that Cavaliers team. Uh, I don't even know where he's playing now. I mean, last he he went from like Boston to Sacramento. Of course, he's you know with one of the Kardashians and got real. You know, he's had a lot of off the court drama that's really distracted from his playing career. But I'm talking prior to all that. That that year that Cleveland uh, came back from being down three one against Golden State and won it all. You know, obviously it was behind LeBron and Kyrie. But to me, one of the X factors in that series but throughout that season was what Tristan Thompson brought to the table which was that energy that defense he um he's an extra possession machine and I think if you look at his size he's kind of an undersized center he's about 6869 that's kind of what what Jay Will is at the NBA level he's kind of a will be like an undersized center and will compensate for that with his energy his effort and his hustle I think if Jay Will adds about 10 to 15 pounds which should be easy for his frame um that's kind of what we'll start to see also let me just say this I think he will develop his shot I think he's he you know that's one of the things Tristan Thompson never really did. I think that Jay Williams will will develop his shot. I think he will become a threat um, as a shooter, maybe by year three or four, like a consistent threat. I think he's an absolute steal for their second round pick. And <clears throat> I mean, this is probably a, a, an easy comp to use, just because we're all so familiar with him. But it, it, he could also be similar to Bobby Portis, who was a very integral part of the world champion Milwaukee Bucks uh, last season. And I think that, you know, when Bobby Portis really started coming on in the league was when he became just a little bit of a threat from the outside. Because Bobby Portis is all those things. He's that hustle guy. He's that energy guy. He's that enforcer. All those qualities that Jalen Williams also encompasses. I think, though, when you saw Bobby Porter start to become a threat from the outside, he started getting more minutes. Then suddenly he gets in with a team where he was basically the missing link with Milwaukee. And as he got acclimated to being in that rotation, I mean, God, they love him up there. I mean, Bobby, Bobby. And so I could see Jay Will being that type of dude, being kind of a Tristan Thompson, Bobby Portis sort of hybrid in the NBA, I was really hoping the Mavericks would get him because I am a Mavs fan. I think he would be pair so well with a guy like Luka Doncic. Um, 
But yeah, dude, that's what I think. I think regardless, uh, Oklahoma City is going to love him. That, that oh, town, the fan yes. base. Um, you're going to really, really like this guy if you don't, if you've not looked at him, if you've not checked him out much, check him out. Um, you know, just go back and watch that game where the they stormed the court this year, and just yeah. look at his energy and his intensity. And man, he'll he'll fire you up. So, Trey, I want to transition right now because I think you know this being the first episode of Razorback Therapy, you know, I really want to explain to folks, uh, you know, what what this is and what you know what's going on. So, we just tell us a little bit about College Game Time and what College Game Time is. Okay, so. The Razorback Therapy, we are a podcast. We are presented by College Game Time. Uh, obviously, you're welcome to visit collegegametime.com. Uh, because I'm a Razorback fan, a lot of content for the Razorbacks goes up on that site. But College Game Time uh, as a whole, the, the, the vision for it is to cover the entire national landscape of college sports, right? Particularly football, basketball, and then obviously – uh, uh, baseball whenever we get around, you know, that June time. But College Game Time, uh, go to collegegametime.com. It's it's kind of a content outlet, a media outlet for college sports content. But what we also are, and this is kind of the example I use, Toby, with people is, it's like a record label is for, for in the music industry. It's kind of like that for this content podcasting space. Right, that's becoming very, very popular. That's it's it, it's really becoming a career path for people now. But there's not really a practical like guide to how to become a full time content creator. I myself have just recently crossed over to doing this full time. Uh, I spent a little over a decade in public education. So if you're a public educator listening, know that I you know I, I am one of you. Um, I mean, I worked as a middle school, high school teacher and coach. I was a assistant principal, principal. I did my grad school at the U of A, got my master's degree from, from Arkansas. Um, uh, shout out Dr. Carlton Holt. He, he was the, I don't think he's still there, but when I was going through the system, uh, program, he was one of the ones that really worked with me a lot and Dr. Bankston. Uh, and then, and then, um, I lost my train of thought there. Um, it's talking about. I see I get going on on Razorbacks and then I it's like a squirrel. But bottom line is it's a podcasting content creating field. Oh, I was talking about being in public education. I was saying and I worked as an assistant principal principal and then I worked at the central office level and now I am full time doing this. And right now at College Game Time, we've got several podcasts. Uh we've got Razorback Therapy, which is sort of exclusive to Razorback fans and obviously I'm a huge part of that one. Toby, because like this is my heart and soul, and we'll talk about that in a minute. We also have one called Blue Bloods, which just it's more of like a national kind of college football um, podcast. And it's funny because we debuted that one last football season, and I talked so much about Arkansas on that show that I was like, okay, at some point when we get to the the capacity, I got to have just a Razorback-only show, which we now have. And then uh, a new show that we'll be debuting this fall is a uh, Pick'em show. So if you like fantasy sports, if you like Pick'ems, that will be a a great show. And that's a show you never know who could be on it, who could show up. but that's kind of where we're at from a college game time uh, standpoint. And we are looking for talent. You know, we want to expand. I, I think if you look at some of the models that are already out there with like rivals and the 24-7 sports or even the Locked On Network, they cover 
the national landscape of really every single team. And so we are looking to expand where we can get, you know, a Baylor, a talent who who's who's specific to Baylor or a talent who's specific to Oklahoma, you know, where we can start to expand out. But really, Toby, what we're doing with Razorback Therapy is we're setting the blueprint for what we want that to look like as we expand out to other uh, teams and, and schools and, and, and finding talent. But if you're listening and Content is something you've wanted to do, whether it be for a living or wanting to get some experience. Maybe you're a, a college student right now. Obviously, I'm sure it's mostly just Razorback fans listening. But if you've got family that go elsewhere and are, are passionate elsewhere, you can reach us uh, info at collegegametime.com. And, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you. But that's kind of the quick pitch on college game time. But Toby, let's talk about Razorback therapy, right? Let's, what, what is that? Man, when you really think about Razorback therapy, if you think about the toughest times in our lives, like for me personally, um, I'll give you an example. The toughest time in my life uh, was COVID. I work in healthcare. Um, I do public relations and marketing for a health system um, up here in North Central Arkansas, and uh, which I'm going to go ahead and throw the disclaimer out. This show and, and what I do on here is in no way affiliated uh, with the hospital and, and piece I represent. So I just want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. But um, during during the height of COVID, man, um, it, it was a sad time. Everybody else was, you know, was off, not working. Uh, most people, uh, but healthcare workers stuff, we were still going to work. And of course, there wasn't any sports or anything really going on. But there there was radio and talk radio, and and uh, people were still talking about the hogs. And, and man, I, I think that's the only thing that kept my spirits up. You know, just laughing and. And, uh, you know, talking about sports and hoping it comes back soon. And and so for me, man, that was my therapy. And I think you can look at multiple times in my life when I've been in, in places and the Razorbacks have been what have kept me uh, positive, uh, kind of took my mind off things. Uh, what, what about for you, man? What is Razorback therapy for you specifically? Well, the hogs, I mean, they'll take you over the cliff sometimes. And sometimes you need some therapy just from the Razorbacks. And that's what we want to provide whenever, whether it's, whether it's these SEC officials, whether it's us doing it to ourselves, whatever it might be. I'll tell you right now, I could have used some therapy a couple years ago after that Auburn game. <laughs> I'll tell you. I, so that's really what we're trying to provide. And I do want to say this, Toby, just to kind of give some background on you and I, what people may not realize is we, we are cousins and quite frankly, growing up with um, a huge pocket of my family coming from the natural state, like that was what influenced me. And Toby being one of the key figures in that, that influenced me into being, you know, the committed Razorback fan that I am. In fact, as I'm saying all this, I still remember like yesterday, the moment where like, it was a done deal for me was the miracle on Markham. We were there. We were there. I'll never forget. I'm, I'm in middle school, high school. I think I was in high school and it was like the buildup. We got up that morning. We went, I remember we like, we went to a, a, a local shop and I remember we picked up some Matt Jones jerseys and you could just feel it in the atmosphere. Like it was a feeling I had never felt my entire life at any sporting event and the game hadn't even like started. It was like hours beforehand. 
<laughs> then we started tailgating. Then you took me to the golf course. <laughs> then we kind of, you know. your life. <laughs> you change, yeah. We, we just going through that. Then we watched the players get off the bus, walk, you know, walk into the end of the stadium and I'm a hog walk or whatever. And, and, and that whole experience, then you get to the game and you're watching this game that had so much at stake and really the whole time you just felt like it was death by a thousand cuts. Like, like LSU was just slowly suffocating the hogs. Like that was my personal feel as we were watching the game. And then all of a sudden tally busts off of 70 plus yarder to the house. And it was like new life entered the stadium, entered everyone. And then obviously if you're a hog fan, you know how that game finished the Corey Birmingham in the back of the end zone. And what I remember most about that moment were two things. One, we had this one LSU fan like sitting kind of catty corner to us. He kept waving this seat pad with LSU on it and someone snatched it and started beating him over the head with it after, <laughs> I <remember> that. <laughs> after Birmingham caught that and then Toby takes off his shirt Ripped starts it off. flinging it around it was helicopter time man I was fired up <laughs> that I will remember the moment of that entire day for the rest of my life and I think since that moment I've bled Razorback Red through and through and yeah. I mean, through all the ups, through all the downs and look, it's not that I didn't follow. Them. I mean, obviously when you're growing up in it, like I remember following them with during the Sterner years, I remember watching them, Cedric Cobbs. Like I remember, you know, watch Madre Hill just as you're growing up. But like that was the moment where it was like, I'll never cheer. My, my loyalty will never reside with another team. Ever. Well, I know. I mean, we, we met a little later in life and I still remember the first time I met you and I think you had on a backwards Texas hat uh, <laughs> and that burnt orange just got all over me. And I was like, man, this kid needs help. He needs some help. And uh, so, man, good to see you sporting that Razorback Red and becoming an Arkansas fan and, and, uh, and turn it over to the bright side. <laughs> hey, you want to hear a funny story, though, about that? Um, not about the burnt orange, but about the uh, War Memorial or the... Um, Miracle on Markham game. So the gym I used to work out at, Houston Nut used to work out, uh, probably still does. I used to see Houston Nut all the time there. And I remember the first time, the first time I saw him walk in, it was at a LA Fitness. And I was weighing myself. I had just finished and I was weighing myself. And he came walking in and I did like a double take because I was like, that looks like Coach Nut. Like what? Like, is he at? Is he here? Like, is that really him? And so I didn't think anything about maybe I'm just you know it was the the season hadn't started yet you know and I was I thought maybe I'm just seeing hogs right like I'm just so and I looked again I go no that's and so I went coach and he kind of looked and looked down like it's like he, I said Coach Nut and he looked right at me dude I beeline to him. <laughs> And I said, my name is Trey Smith. I was at the Miracle on Markham at War Memorial. And since that day, I bled razor, I said, I bled razor, Razorback Red through and through. And he said, come on, kid. Come on. He was like, he started us anyways. And so it was kind of funny. But That's awesome, man. Um, so, yeah, dude. That was a, that was a great game, man. And that, that, you know, like I said, that's it's the memories like that and, and many memories of Razorback games and you and I together and 
And, um, and that's, you know, that's why we're doing this. Um, cause we, we've yeah. always had some good discussions and now people just get to basically listening into our phone call, um, you know, talking to Razorbacks. And, and, you know, I think the other thing is, you know, allow this to be your therapy too. If you're listening to this, mm. you know, engage in those comments, um, yes. you know, make comments. Uh, we, we do reply to those things. Yes. Uh, we do have that conversation, you know, allow this to be your therapy and uh, let's have those conversations. And some of that stuff we'll bring into our next shows. And um, so, so allow yourself to do that. Allow yourself to be a part, engaged with us. Uh, we want that, and we want to we want to build a relationship and uh, and uh, talk hogs with you. Well, uh, Tobias, I think that about wraps up our first episode. If you want to uh, pay some bills for us, there, I know you got a little little run, a little read to to close us Absolutely. out with. Absolutely, let's ring that cash register. Today's uh, <laughs> episode brought to us by Per Inu. So, Arkansas fans, you have to check out Per Inu. An all-new cryptocurrency and NFT marketplace started by some fellow Arkansans. And what makes them really unique is that a percentage of all transactions go directly to help veterans mm-hmm. and or their families. And as they grow, the pair community grows. And when they reach certain milestones, uh, Pair will be providing opportunities to nominate veterans for life-changing events. So you got to check them out and read more about this. Um, you're getting in on this at the ground level. Uh, we're just kind of starting out. So, um, in fact, I'm personally invested. And, um, and so we're really, really uh, wishing the best for those guys. And we really appreciate um, them being with us, uh, coming on and uh, doing this for us. So uh, to learn more, all you got to do is visit para.global. That's P-A-R-A dot global. Check them out. Well, and I'll say this, uh, if you're listening right now and you've got a local business in the state, or if you do business with the state of Arkansas and you're interested in purchasing some ad space on the Razorback Therapy Show, uh, please send us an email, info at collegegametime.com. Info at collegegametime.com. We can send you the documents. We can set up a call, whatever we need to do to make it happen. Uh, we, you we, got all kinds of different options, that's don't you? exactly like all right. All kinds of things. And, and we're willing kinds. to work with you, too, to you know to do something special. And, and uh, so, yeah. And most said, importantly, if you're watching right now and you've been hanging with us, make sure to hit that subscribe button. We very much appreciate you tuning in for this Saturday show. Typically, when we get in our rhythm, uh, we'll do a we'll we'll have a Tuesday night show live on our YouTube channel and whatever else might be in store for this. So, woo pig, fire up that jukebox. <laughs> <laughs>